inviting his presence, you know. The song was perfect. Without it, there's no meaning. Without it, there's no meaning. This week, my sister-in-law posted a post, and I haven't done all the research and everything on there, but it was, a, it was YHWH. How many know that that's the name of God? Yahweh, right? And for, for centuries, for thousands of years, they wouldn't fill in the letters out of honor and respect to God, right? They wouldn't even write the A, the vowels that we put in there. And what this post said, if you saw it, it was beautiful, man. And um, it came to my mind during worship, and they said basically the sound of the word Yahweh is a breathing in and a breathing out, like a Yahweh, Yahweh. And that just wrecked me today. It's like, he's the air that we breathe in. He's our life. Why don't you do it? Yahweh. Yahweh. Oh. <laughs> when you wake up in the morning, breathe him in. Breathe him out. When you go out throughout your day, you face opposition, you face trials, you face conflict. Yahweh. He's with you. Everyone say, he's with me. Come on, say, he's with me. He's Yahweh. He's my air. He's my breath. Come on. We're also going to take communion at the very end of service. For those that want to do that, that'll be our altar time. But I wanted to just jump into something because I've been preparing something along these lines for weeks and I haven't spoken about it much we've kind of dabbled in it a little bit about taking territory and fighting and then when when Mandy opened service the way she did I was like I I gotta pull some notes up and I gotta go after this and so here's the question I want to ask you today is there a bully you're avoiding is there a bully you're avoiding in your life is there a mountain or a giant like you're familiar with them you know, you know they're there. Every now and then you get in a scuffle, but they haven't been vanquished. <laughs> and I was thinking about this, and I thought, you know, I think many of us, if we have one of those bullies, those giants in our life, those things that we just kind of deal with, they've become that familiar opposition to us. <laughs> Listen to me. The enemy should not be able to bring opposition into our life. The Lord will open up and allow opposition to come into our life. (laughs) Listen, we should be in a place where the enemy doesn't have a right to bring opposition into our life. The only opposition we should face in life are giants that, that God says, okay, now you can take care of them. You're ready. You're ready. You see that giant? He's yours. Instead of that nagging hyena, you hear them at night, the coyotes and the hyenas. Have you ever watched them? I hate hyenas. I think they're evil. I think they're demons. And their eyes are even red. Like, have you ever watched how they hunt and they yap and they make all that noise just to scare and to bring confusion and chaos? That's what our bullies do to us. Things are going really smooth, really well. We try to lay down and rest, and then they start yapping, 
And they start circling and trying to cause confusion. And the whole goal is to get us to make a mistake out of fear or out of avoidance. And I was thinking about this. There, are, there, there is a time when it's, it would be better have, to have a quick death than an endless one. Look, if I ever get captured for any reason, I'm not a spy or anything like that, but if I ever get captured, I just want them to take me out immediately. Don't torture me. End it. What, what do I have to do to make you kill me fast? I'm going to do that. I'm going to say it. I'm going to try to escape. I am not going to be tortured. Yet, we'll live our lives being tortured by giants and hyenas and bullies. And I think, I think some of you feel like I do. Like, all right, it's time to take care of the bully. Anyone ever had to take care of a bully? Yeah, come on. Like, what do you do to a bully? You punch him in the nose in front of other people. <laughs> you do it where all the other bullies that are, have the thoughts in their head see what you did. You do it in front of everyone. Amen? You know, there was this time where the disciples were in a boat and there was a storm and they were fearful, and Jesus comes walking by on the water, and they thought it was a ghost, and they were afraid, and Peter calls out and says, hey, is that you, Lord? And he's like, yeah, it's me. And he's like, well, if it really is you, then call me out of the boat and, help, and tell me to walk on the water to you. And Jesus goes, come on. Yeah. And I hear the Lord saying that to you today. If you have been avoiding a bully, Lord, if that's you, letting that bully be presented to me, and I'm not being tortured, but you're, you're allowing me to see it. Tell me to get out of the boat and fight the bully. And he's like, well, come on. Yeah. Come on. See, we can't live avoiding the bullies. We can't live avoiding the giants. We can't live avoiding the hyenas. I love the story of David. How many, how many like the story of David? The whole story, all of it. It's all awesome. Someday they're going to make a, a legit real movie of his life. The real movie. The, the full rated version of David's life. The chaos, the triumphs, all of it. We should see how God called him the apple of his eye, even though he's a flawed man. But I love how David stepped into his prophetic destiny by facing a giant in front of the whole nation. <laughs> I mean, just a chapter before, just not too long before, it was prophesied and he was anointed the next king of Israel. And all the way up until this point, he was just a shepherd. He was the least son. He wasn't even invited when the prophet came to the house. He was just out taking care of his father's sheep. Everyone just thought he was a little boy and a shepherd, but he knew he was a warrior and he knew he was a lover of God, a defender of God's name and his reputation. And he lived out there protecting his father's sheep. How many remember the lion and the bear come out? And what does he do? He rips them apart with his bare hands. Woo! I bet after that, like, I don't know how he felt. He probably wrote, the, the, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. He probably singing that for weeks. No one's even out there. It doesn't matter. I'm the man. You see that? He probably carried it around. He probably made a, made a coat out of it so he could remember. That's right. When I go to sleep at night, I pull that bear rug over me. That was me. 
He was like, he knew who he was, right? And he was submissive though. He was a submissive boy. He's out taking care of his father's sheep. Then they're told him, hey, bring some cheese and some food and stuff to your, to your brothers because they're at war, <laughs> quote unquote, at war. They're all standing on two mountains facing each other while Goliath makes fun of God. That's what was going on. They were all hiding, actually, even. They were hiding behind rocks. But his dad's like, hey, I want you to take this basket of food, take it to your brothers, go out there. David, on his way, obeying his father, being submissive, being the Uber of the day, bringing the food to the door. He's like, are you kidding me? Hey, guys. What's this guy saying about God? Come on. He's my friend. And y'all are letting people talk about my friend like that? What is wrong with you guys? Hey, who's going to stand up to this guy? He can't talk to, God, to our God or about our God that way. Why are you all hiding? Yeah. And Goliath's like, send me a warrior. David's like, I'm a warrior. Hey, I'll go. They're like, dude, you're a shepherd boy. You're a little boy. You're Uber. You brought food. You drive a Prius. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> He's like, no, guys, listen. I'm a warrior. I bet maybe he even brought the coat. I don't know. Hey, you see this bear coat? One time I was watching dad's sheep, and a bear came out, and I killed him with my own hands. And I did the same thing with a lion. I got him hanging up in my tent. They're like, okay. He's like, well, you want to fight him? He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go fight him. They're like, here, put on our, 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 our gear. Yeah, no, that's not going to work. You know, he's a little boy. You know, Saul was, the, the Bible says he was a head taller than all of the other Israelites. So he was, he was the giant of the Israelites. So he was probably about six feet tall. <laughs> you know, back then they, they were short. They were a smaller tribe, right? All right, here we go. He's like, I'm just going to face him with a, I've got a slingshot and some stones, and I'm just going to take care of him with that. He's like, he comes with sword, he comes with, with all these weapons, but I come against him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. He goes out there, and Goliath is offended. Like, are you kidding? Do y'all know who I am? And he starts beating his chest, it's like the UFC stuff, you know, beating his chest and, and look at all, look at my record, look at all the people I've knocked out, look at me, look at me, you know, he's walking around, he's probably playing some song and, and he's got people blowing smoke in the air and dancing and flags, this is Goliath, he's our champion, he's the biggest, and you send a little boy to fight me? I'm going to feed him to the birds and then when I'm done with him, I'm going to feed all of you to the birds. And that's when David's like, you come to me with a spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. He's ready. He runs. You know, how can we, come on, this is the greatest story. Like, come on, we've been learning this our whole life. I mean, even, even sports teams, they still talk about the David versus the Goliath because there's something that happens inside of us when we think about it. But Goliath was a tool Goliath was a tool. <laughs> That's what David said. <laughs> he was a tool that the Lord used for his glory. <laughs> I'm glad you have a sense of humor. <laughs> that thing that you and I have been avoiding is a tool 
sent by God to promote you if you'll punch it in the nose. Because David was anointed to be the king and David was a warrior, but no one knew it. It was all in private. He needed a public victory. And he got one that day. <laughs> and it's amazing. I love the picture of him taking Goliath's own sword and cutting his head off and carrying it around as a trophy. This is what happens to people who speak against our God who defy the God of Israel. This is what will happen. And you know what happened that day? A little boy rallied a whole nation to remember that they were a warrior too and that they were lovers of God too and that they had a purpose. And they all jumped up and destroyed the Philistines. They remembered who they were because a little boy was like, yeah, I've got a lot of private victories, but I'm, I'm gonna bring a public victory that's gonna become a corporate victory. What did they sing after that? Saul has killed his thousands. Ooh, that's a good song, man. If you're the king and they're singing, dude, Saul has killed his thousands. He's a man of war. And then here comes David, the new song, top of the charts, holding at number one. David has slain his tens of thousands. And then he turned king next day and everything was great. You're like, nope, that's not what happened. 15 years later, Saul's jealous of him. Saul tries to kill him. David gets a new enemy. But listen to me. David was a humble man. And, and one time he snuck into Saul's cave where he was hiding. And he cut just a piece of his robe as if to say, I was this close to you last night and you didn't know it. But God said not to touch the anointed one. So I wouldn't touch you. So he ran for his life for those 15 years, most of that time hiding in caves and running. His own best friend was Saul's son and there was a jealousy thing there. But David was a humble man. Here's the deal. There are some giants, huh. oh, this is weird. They're a promotion to something else, but promotions don't happen overnight. And sometimes when we get into that place of promotion, it requires a different warfare tactic. Goliath required death required humiliation. It required it. Cutting his head off, the champion of the Philistines, and holding it in the little... It's like Matthias, little, you know, 14, 15-year-old boy carrying around the, 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 the biggest fighter anywhere around with the greatest reputation, carrying it around and humiliate. See, some giants require that humiliation, but then some giants require submission and humility. We have to know. See, Saul wasn't a giant in David's life, but he became a thorn in his flesh. He became an obstacle to him. And if David used the same tactics he used on Goliath, on Saul, David never would have been king. 
God would have removed his anointing off of his life, and he would have said, you know, I'm sorry, you touched the anointed when I told you not to touch. I'm the one who raised up and put down. But David was a humble servant of the king. So he would not dare reach out and grasp, grasp something that was his unless God released it to him. And I'm telling you right now, some of us are facing giants that are going to require warfare. Some of us are facing giants that are going to require humility and service and honor. There's a whole lot I could develop out of that. I'm not going to I'll let you just think it through. But if you've been avoiding the bully, it's time to stop. Because the, the thing that you fear is actually your promotion. I want to read from... I want to read Hebrews chapter 10. If you'll open there, Hebrews 10 verse 26. I'm actually going to start with verse 19. I've got my backup glasses, so I need an arm extension. <laughs> it's terrible. My, uh, yeah, my, my bifocal read, whatever those things are, I, I got to get them repaired, and I haven't yet, so I'm, uh, I'm struggling to see. <laughs> so Hebrews 10, verse 19. Here we go. I'm not being funny right now I'm being legit (laughs) all right therefore brethren having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God Hebrews 10 22 let us draw near and we say let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Come on. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised, everyone say that, he who promised is faithful. Come on. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good deeds, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully after we receive the knowledge of the truth, there's no, there no longer remains a sacrifice for the sin, but a certain and fearful expectation of judgment and indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses." How much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot? All right, we're going somewhere, okay? Counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing. The blood of Jesus isn't a common thing. The spirit of, it says, and insult the spirit of grace. Verse 30, for we know him who said, vengeance is mine and I will repay, says the Lord. 
And then again, the Lord says, the Lord will judge his people. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. He's trying to stir up fear of the Lord. He's not trying to stir up fear. But recall the former days, verse 32, in which after you were illuminated, how many have been illuminated? Oh, come on. After you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings. What? After I was illuminated, I struggled and suffered because the giants are our promotion. Partly while you were, were made a spectacle both by reproaches and tribulations and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me and my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. All right, ready? Verse 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has a great reward. Your confidence, your courage, your confidence has great reward. For you have need of what? Everyone say endurance. So that after you have done the will of the Father, you may receive what? So we need confidence so that we can face the obstacles, so that we can have a reward that follows our endurance. Come on. After doing the will of the Father through endurance, then we receive the promise. For yet in a little while, he who is coming will come and will not tarry. He will not wait. And the just shall what? Live by faith. But if anyone draws back, if anyone shrinks back, another translation says, what does it say after that? My soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not those who shrink back to perdition or to backsliding or to hiding from giants and bullies. But we are those who, are, who, are, who believe to the saving of the soul. Stop shrinking back. Stop withdrawing and confront the giants. Confront the hyenas. Look, I, I honestly, I really believe this, that today could change your life. Come on. I do totally believe that. To, a decision you make right now could change the rest of your life. How many believe that? That bully that's been coming after you and coming after you for years, that's become familiar, you almost think it's your own self. You almost think that you're the bully. I'm my own worst enemy. The Lord wants to set you free from the spirit of death, from the spirit of the bully, from the spirit of the giant who comes to torment you. I feel like he's saying the day of your torment is over. I honestly feel there are people that have been tormented by a giant, tormented, constant in your face. You get a little victory and boom, he shows up. You get a little rest, he starts laughing and circling you, causing confusion. You get a little understanding, he twists your mind around over today. You, you see him? You see that bully? You know his name? He thinks he's a champion. He thinks he has authority over us. He thinks that he's the king, and he's not. But there is a king. 
Come on, once you say it, there is a king. I started writing lyrics. I'm going to have Kyle help me write a song like about that. There's a king who sits high on the throne, man. There is. There is a king. And he, he didn't start out on the throne. He started out in humility. But through obedience and through suffering and through even death on a cross, he was exalted to the place of king of kings, lord of lords. And now he sits on that throne forever. The throne of who? David, David, come on. The throne of David. <laughs> Why don't you stand? I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you if you know, if the Lord has revealed to you a giant, that he wants you to confront, I want you to come to the front. It doesn't matter what it is. Come on to the front. Yeah, come on. freedom today. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And he's here. Come on. He's been here from the opening. He revealed himself today. He made himself known for a purpose. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. you have to kill that giant. You have to do it. It means you need to learn right now how to make war. You yourself need to know how to war. You know what this giant's done in your life. You know the history that's there. None of that matters anymore. It's over today. So I want you to look your giant in the face. Tell him it's over today. I'm going to cut your head off today. And it's going to become a trophy. And I'm never going to be the same again. Because God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power. Say power. Love. And of a sound mind. So we make war. You're a warrior. Come on, go to war. Break associations with this giant.
on. Your life can change right now in this moment forever. to mind right now the plans and the purposes you have for every one of us your purposes the thief comes to steal to kill to destroy but you have come to give us life abundantly so father right now i call to mind every one of us the purpose that you've put inside of us the love story you wrote before we were even formed in our mother's womb the plans that you have to prosper and not to harm us, to give us hope and a future. There's a verse that says, many are the plans of a man's heart, but the Lord's purpose prevails. I want to say it like this. Many are the plans in my enemy's heart, but God's purpose will prevail. What the enemy meant for evil, you turn to good. All things work together for the good of them that love him and are called to his purposes. So, Father, we come to you now and we break agreement with the enemy. We break affiliation with his opposition in our lives. We break the familiar spirit. So familiar, we've even believed that we were our own worst enemy. But it's been an enemy who's come to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's a liar. He's the father of lies, but we are not his children. We have another father who's perfect in all of his ways, who does not lie or change his mind, who takes all things and make them work for our good. That's our father. So we break agreement with the father of lies and we come into agreement with the father of truth. slay the giant in front of us right now and we walk through it into our promotion 
Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid of? The Lord is the strength or the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. Come on. Though an enemy, an army may encamp around me, my heart will not fear. Though war may rise against me, I will be confident. One thing I have desired. One thing I have desired of the Lord, one thing I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever, all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. Come on. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above the enemies around me. And I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing. I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart responded, your face, Lord, I will seek. That's the sound of a warrior, the heart of of a lover of God. And here's what I've heard. <laughs> Lovers make better warriors. Come on. <laughs> you see it from all of Scripture. The greatest women and men of God were lovers of God first, and lovers make the best warriors. David fought because he loved. He didn't fight because he liked to fight. He fought because he was in love with the king. So today, we don't fight just for relief. Hello? We're not making war just for relief. We're making war because we're in love with the king who sits on the throne and sits on the throne of our heart. We love him. And when he says, seek my face, our heart just responds, yes, Lord, I will seek your face. And there's something that happens when we enter into this love affair with the king. He makes war. (laughs) As we love on him, he makes war. God, I ask that you would capture our hearts. Capture our hearts. Make us lovers. our love for you. We stir up our affection for you. 
Now, after David killed Goliath, everyone knew his secret. He couldn't hide anymore. He couldn't hide who he was. And so I, I declare over you right now and today that you just had a victory over your Goliath and you can't hide anymore. You can't go back into hiding. Your secret's out. You're a warrior. You're a warrior. And I declare that the circumstances of your life will begin to respond to your victory. Would you say that, God, I declare over the circumstances of my life, they must respond to my victory today. of the Lord is there's freedom if your giant was an addiction or a bondage we break the chains right now the chains are broken through Jesus if your giant was the fear of man with the fear of the Lord I will not fear what man can do to me as long as I'm in submission to my king I will fear nothing
we're going to close. We're going to take communion on the way out. We'll just sit in our seats and we'll do it like that. You want to be a giant killer? Hang around with giant killers. Come on. Look around the room. You got some giant killers in this room. All right. Praise the Lord. Come on. Mm. Well, we're going to start passing out communion if you want to take it. Thank you for being such a good church, good people. Good things happening. Hmm. So tonight at 5, if you want to be part of a revival group, Wednesday night at 7 here, prayer. Next Sunday at 5, we'll have our kind of a revival gathering for anyone that wants to join. It's not an actual revival group, but it's part of the, part of the process. So that's the next Sunday. We're going to start putting some things. If you can show up, we'd love for you to. If you can't, we understand. But we're going to, we're going to turn this place into a house of prayer. Amen. Amen. I did... Uh, I talked with the contractors and stuff this week, had some, some conversations with them. They think we'll be moving stuff by the end of the month. So it's moving quicker. Got some other meetings on the schedule to address some of the concerns that we had. The Lord is faithful and we'll be good. So I wanted to give that update. But Offering. <laughs> offering, thank you. We'll give the offering on the way out. We just need to, I have a box that I bought specifically for this and I haven't ever put the box up. So... <laughs> That way, if, you, if I forget, you just drop it in the box on the way out. Perfectly nice. So we'll have that. I just want to say this. The blood of Jesus is not cheap, and his grace is not cheap. And the sacrifice that he paid was a full sacrifice for all of our sin, for all mankind. And so we want to honor Jesus today for the sacrifice he gave, for giving his body and giving his blood. And we, he says, when you do this, do it in remembrance of me. So we're going to do that today in remembrance of him, to remember our covenant that he made with us. So if you want to go ahead and take the bread, thank you for your body, Jesus. Thank you for allowing it to be broken and crushed (laughs) for my freedom and for my peace. Thank you for being a spotless lamb who took away the sins of the world. So we honor your body, your sacrifice in Jesus' name. The blood of Jesus, come on, washes us white as snow, heals us of disease. You need healing right now. Jesus' blood heals you. (laughs) We thank you, Jesus, for giving your blood, for choosing to be crucified and spilling your blood so that we may be free. And we know that in this atonement, you made us one with you again. And you saved us and you healed us and delivered us in one act. When you said, it is finished, you purchased us. Come on. You brought us into the family and adopted us by your blood. So thank you, Jesus, for giving your blood. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being here. If you do have offering, we can give it on the way out if you would like to. We do have some sign-up sheets if you're interested in revival groups or joining a hospitality team and all that stuff. We bless you. Thank you for being here. We pray that God goes with you and that you have victory all week. In Jesus' name, amen.